One of the things that I did last week was I created an email series as part of um, an affiliate promotion that we're yes, doing. Yes, you did. And that is something that we've wanted to do more of. We haven't done a ton of email marketing in the past. And when we have, it's mostly been more like informational. So this is one of the first times that I've actually, I won't say one of the first times, but it's one of the more focused times that I've ever actually created like an email series with the goal of getting like affiliate sales out, right? Most, right. it's always in the past been traffic driving, which has been basically our entire business. Yes, it has. <laughs> so we're gonna talk a little bit about like email marketing and what we're doing and how it works uh, in today's episode starting now. Do you wish your life away waiting for Friday? Do you dread Sunday nights and Monday mornings? My wife and I have spent over a decade building an online business while raising a family. I quit my cubicle job to live the life I wanted, to experience freedom, and we want to help you do the same. We are Chris and Laura. Welcome to Fearless Together. Yeah, so I just had like a bunch of questions about like when you were doing all of this and you were kind of planning out your emails. Like, you seem to have some idea of what you were doing. And for me, I'm thinking, like, shouldn't we always just talk about the product? And you're like, no, we need to give value and information. Yeah. And, and so I've taken a number of, like, email marketing courses. And like I said, we've done things here and there over the years. But um, my expertise mostly comes from being the recipient of emails. You've seen my inbox, oh, right? Oh, it's, it's horrendous. <laughs> Actually, funny enough, one time she had... So we have our whole house like all integrated together because of smart home stuff. And so for her to access like some of the movies that belong to some of the services we uh, we've purchased. Our YouTube, yes, you purchase uh, you purchase movies on your YouTube account, and then when the kids ask to watch that movie, I'm like, uh. I can't. Uh, I can't. And so I have to like go into my computer and, and log in and everything. So for a while, she had my my account added to her phone. I Yeah, it lasted for not even a full day. I couldn't stomach it. You were getting so many emails and notifications onto my phone that I, I like disabled your email like the same day. <laughs> so I get a lot of emails and stuff. Like I, I get... My goodness, I probably have thousands of emails. It's unbelievable how many emails I get. I And I do all I routinely go through and like purge emails and unsubscribe and stuff, but I still get a lot of emails. Anyways, when I have um, someone who's emailing me, and, and I'm someone who I don't mind being emailed daily by people that actually want to read their emails, right? Like if it were Seth Godin, you'd be like, yes! Exactly. <laughs> you know, but... If you every day you're sending me an email trying to sell me something, especially if it's something new, right? There and there are some people where it's like every day is a new affiliate offer that they're trying to pitch me. Right. It's like I get off those people's email lists, and and that's really uh, it makes sense, right? No one wants to just feel like they've signed up for a never-ending commercial, right? You need to provide value to your email subscribers, and so anytime I'm creating like so we'll call it a, a, an autoresponder, right? And so anyone who doesn't know in email marketing. 
um, when you sign up for something, like let's say you go to someone's website and they're like, download my free ebook, just enter in your email address here. That's called a lead magnet, also known, people have been throwing this term around lately, so I'm just going to put it out there. They've been calling it an ethical bribe. I don't know how long that term's been around, but I've only just recently started hearing it a lot. Is that like a bad thing? It sounds bad. It's, I don't know. It sounds it's, like it's a like, negative it's, term. It's just the new buzzword, I guess, for lead magnet. I don't know. Anyways, so a lead magnet is like the thing that you give away and you do it in exchange for someone's email address, right? Right, yeah. And then that person starts sending you emails. Well, I, I don't want to like, I feel like I'm telling people about Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy at the moment. <laughs> that person is not sitting there writing you emails no, every no. single day. They have a thing set up called an autoresponder. Once you get on their list, their software starts sending you a series of emails that they have pre-written, right? Yeah. And so when I'm setting up an autoresponder for something like that, like for one of our sites or whatever, I don't just start hitting people with sales pitches. I start sending out informational emails first. You know, and this is what's so interesting is because you and I are very different with the way we look at our own emails. I very rarely read an email unless it is clearly a sales email and it's from like a company that I, I actively shop with or something like <laughs> pizza. <laughs> but I think we've talked about that before that like email marketing worked on me because I saw I got a, an email yeah, pizza. about pizza deals, you know, but for me, I usually I, I'm like, ah, I don't have time for like just, oh, that's a long email. I'm not going to read that. <laughs> but for you, you're like, you read your emails. And so I most of them, the ones that interest me. <laughs> yeah. So like we just took a completely different like, um, like where to start with an email series. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, we're trying to sell a product We're we're telling these people about why this product is so amazing. And you're like, we can't just do that. That's not what people want. I mean, we could, it just probably wouldn't work. And you know, like, so what I try to do, and I don't just like send out random informational emails, right? So if I have a product um, or a service that I'm trying to promote, I will send educational emails that lead up to the pitch about that, right? Yeah. And it's a smart way to market, right? Because you want people to firstly be educated. Like if you tell, if I just started telling people about Asana as a project management software, most people would be like, I don't know what, like they just tune like, you out. When people don't know what something is, yeah. they just shut you down. They're like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, why do I need? Right. So what you need to do is first you need to educate people. And that's what, you know, if you're doing affiliate marketing or even if you're just trying to sell your own product, that's what you need to do first is you need to educate your audience, right? You need, you know, cause um, we, if I, months ago we did episodes where we were talking about the different places that, you know, the different types of customers or the different types of mindsets that people have. And, you know, you, so you've got people who are like totally unaware of anything going on, mm -hmm. they, you know, that's like your mass audience, right? And that's what most commercials are appealing to is they're just trying to make people aware of something. And then you've got people that are like problem aware. And then you've got people who are solution aware, right? So you have people who have no idea what's going on, right? They don't know that they have a problem and they don't know that there are solutions to that problem and so forth, right? Those people may or may not end up being your customer. And, okay. and it's your job to filter those people out and go, Hey, there's this problem. Do you have this problem? You know, and, and make them aware of the problem. And then the people that are like, raise their hand and go, yeah, I do have that problem. Great. You can start educating that person. The ones that are like, I don't have that problem. And it's like, all right, go away. You, you, 
let's not Ignore waste your time. Ignore this email, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you you have got the people who are completely unaware and then the ones that become problem aware, right? And those, when someone's problem aware, they know that there's a problem and you need to, so there's a couple of different like marketing frameworks. Like I'm not trying to get too boring here, but this is like, this is fundamental business stuff, right? So um, there's a lot of different frameworks. My favorite one, just because it's simple, is problem agitate solve or problem agitate solution, where you make people um, aware of the problem and then you agitate that problem and then you get, offer them the solution, right? It's nice and, and simple. And you see this all the time in like uh, infomercials and stuff where, you know, like, hey, uh, <laughs> do you ever have trouble spilling wine all over your rug? And it's like, no, I don't. But it's like, that seems like a really bad problem. And, you know, and then the spot cleaner will... Pick it right up. Yeah, or the sham wow, right? Like, oh, you know, the sham wow. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, look at all this red wine on this carpet. Like, oh, that, that'd be such a giant mess. And like, not with sham wow. And he like puts it down <laughs> and punches it. And like, look, the rug's clean. You know, but um, you see it all the time in, in infomercials and commercials where they try to make you aware of a problem. And then they try to show you how bad that problem is. And then they're like, but lucky for you, you're seeing this commercial and we solved that problem. And that's really what happens in a lot of email series, right? And so what I do with my email series, and a lot of people do this, is you you start out letting people know about a problem, and then you let them know why that problem is as big as it is, and then eventually you let them know what the so solution is to that problem. Gotcha. You know, so the email series that we recently did um, for one of our sites is it's I think three it's. It's three completely informational emails. There is no sales pitch whatsoever. It is just dropping as much good value as we can. The fourth email is probably like seven eighths pure information. And then there's a very soft like pitch yeah. at the end. And it's not even like a pitch. It's like, you know, this is the product we use to fix this problem. You know, check it out if you, if you're interested. All right. And so it's, it's, like I said, it's very, very soft. It just kind of lets you know that there is a solution to this problem. And then the next email is the much more salesy, like, why is this thing so awesome? Why we use it? Why we love it? Exactly. And then, and then, you know, it's, it's the harder sales email. Now you can do afterwards. It depends on how high pressure you want to be, right? Like I'm a low pressure person. I don't ever want to be that person where someone's like, you forced me to buy this thing with your marketing wizardry or anything, <laughs> you know? So I try, I try to be very like low pressure. I don't, I've, I don't like being sold really hard. And so I don't like selling people really hard. And so I'll probably leave it at that. I might send one additional in email um, because we did offer like a bonus and I'll just remind people like, Hey, if you do this, you know, you get the bonus. Um, but after that, I'm not going to just continuously beat the person over the head with the sales message about that product. Now, if I wanted to, um, cause I consider this to still be pretty low pressure, um, I could send some more follow-up informational emails, kind of repeat the process again, and then pitch it again, like three or four emails later. Okay. And the reason that I consider I'm, I'm okay doing that is because the people, when they were first getting those first three emails, they mm -hmm. didn't understand that the solution existed. And so they weren't reading those emails with the idea of this solution. And so by doing a few more informational emails, they might go, oh, I see how that that could. All right. I get it now. That makes more sense that this could fix that problem and that problem. And that yeah, problem. gotcha. And um, I don't know where I heard the statistic, but I think I've heard it two or three different times from different people. Um, so I'm not trying to say that this is actually accurate. It could be a bunch of people parroting the same stuff, but 
Um, they're saying that people typically have trouble making a buying decision until they've been exposed to the offer like seven times. I know you told me that and that just like blows my mind. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have to, I, mean, I, have I am to, an easy pizza sale. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to dig into that a bit more to find out like, where does that number come from and what's like the, the logic behind it. But I can see that, right? I can see people being very analytical and, and not wanting to just jump the gun and buy something right away. I mean, we've talked about, you know, how much research you'll do before you buy a service or, or a software or something. You do days worth of research and sometimes like years and you're just put something on the back burner and you're like, I'll come back to this, this, you know, software or Some whatever. Other time, yeah. yeah. And then you'll come back and then resume your, your, old research. Yeah. And so, um, I know a question that probably a lot of people have, or they, you know, a lot of people probably, well, everyone will run into it is how long should my autoresponder be? You know, that's a question because I asked you yeah. <laughs> when you were doing this whole thing, like how many emails are you supposed to have? Yeah, and anytime I set out writing an autoresponder, it, it, that inevitably becomes the question, right? And it really comes down to like what your goals are. And I mean, it, it can be anything from, you know, you can just do like a few sales emails right out of the gate and see how it goes. Or if you wanted to do this really long narrative where it spans out over, you know, I think the longest, it's hard to tell what's an autoresponder. Like, cause one, so what happens is after you are done with an autoresponder, you typically get merged into the person's just general email list. Right. And then you get whatever they're called broadcast emails because there, there are times where someone will just write up and eat like they release a new article or there's a new product that they're excited about. They'll create a broadcast email, which is just a one off email, not part of an autoresponder. And they just send it out to everybody. And so it's hard sometimes to, to go, oh, OK, this is a part of their autoresponder series. There's nothing that can really, you know, I mean, I guess there's a few little tricks, but for the most part, it's hard to really tell is this broadcast email or is this their autoresponder? Um, and so like one of the, the tells is if they are coming in on the, at the exact same time every single day or at, you know, whenever you get the email, <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. that's, you know, cause most people aren't like sitting there like, all right, this email will go out in two days and seven minutes. You know, it's, it's usually like, this will go out two days later. This will go out two days later. So, and I don't know. know how many people even really care if they're like, no one cares if they're part of an autoresponder. Theory, no, like, no. Um, like that, that even matters. No, only marketers know about autoresponders. The average person doesn't. And so, yeah, they don't really care. Um, as long as you're like delivering what they signed up for anyways. So probably I'd say the longest autoresponder that I'm pretty sure I was a part of. And the reason I was pretty sure is because it was coming in pretty much the same time every single day. And then after, um, it was probably about 30 emails spanned over like two or three months. Wow. And, um, and I actually really enjoyed the guy's emails and then out of nowhere, they just stopped. And so <laughs> I think this guy did was he was, I think he probably created his initial autoresponder and then every once in a while he just add another email to it, another email to it, another email to it and ended up with a fairly long one. Um, and then after that he just kind of let his list die. <laughs> so, uh -huh. but, uh, every, and I'll get an email every, I mean, it's, it's once every like few months, sometimes he'll go like, you know, six months without sending an email out to the list. So I'm pretty sure that was his autoresponder. Um, for the most part though, um, we create very specific lists, right? So, um, with the email services that we use, um, we have very specific lists and they're very, very targeted. And so, um, you know, it doesn't make sense really. People don't want to receive like, you know, three or four months worth of emails about like some of the specific problems we saw, right? Like right. let's say, um, teeth whitening is a very, very specific problem that people have. 
someone might be interested in your teeth whitening solution, right? And if you do, you know, a seven day <laughs> auto response, I can picture yeah. someone having teeth whitening on their mind for seven days, right? It's like this burning problem until they have a solution that I could see that spanning over the course of a week. I can't imagine someone wanting to receive emails for six months about teeth whitening. I Yeah, right. I would hope at that point you've been to the drugstore and just gotten a DIY set. Like. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and that's kind of the, the, I'm not saying that's the problem that we solve, but those are the types of problems that we solve. Just very specific problems where people aren't going to be interested for, you know, multiple years. And then, so what we'll do is we'll do a short autoresponder that addresses that immediate problem. And then we merge that, those people into our normal email broadcast list. Now, one other question that I had was, you know, and, and this goes back to that whole, like, maybe I'm just more impatient than you or whatever. I, I don't know. But where I'm like, we, if we start agitating that problem, we give the person the problem and we start agitating it and it takes us too long to get to that sales message part, like that, that email that's like, here's your solution, the amazing solution. Like part of me is like, what if we do such a good job on the first couple emails that they start seeking a solution out before we even get there? And that probably does happen, you know, and I, there, there are people that are like, they're, they have that now syndrome. Like they're like, I need this problem solved now. And, um, I think it's important not to give the plot away. Right. I was always, that's, that's how I usually am. Right. Especially in the podcast, I'll tell people like, don't worry, don't be scared. <laughs> you know, everything's solved at the end. Um, but it's important. You've gotten important much not, better at that. I, thank you. <laughs> but, uh, in the emails, I used to do that. I used to be like afraid that I was going to lose that one or two, you know, those one or two people that, like, I have to go and find the answers to this. But the thing is, um, often when you are the only source of information from that person or for that person about whatever that problem is, they trust you more. Right. Okay. And so, you know, the problems that we solve and the products that we're suggesting are very, very niche. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we're not like suggesting legal services or like basically things you can just Google and there's like a million companies all offering the solution. Right. Right. And a lot of the, um, the solutions that we promote don't have a lot of, um, people out there kind of talking about them or they may not, they might be talking about the solution, but not that specific problem. And so it might be really hard for someone to actually find a good solution. So a lot of the times, like if someone was looking at, you know, let's say we were giving them, let, I'll go teeth whitening, even though that's a terrible example, because there's so many solutions to that problem, but let's pretend there aren't, right? Okay. Let's pretend that we've got like this really cool solution that no one knows about. Um, if people went to Google and they were like teeth whitening, you know, method or whatever, um, and they just started finding a bunch of like, you know, products that don't have a lot of reviews, products that seem kind of seedy and stuff like that. That people are going to be like, oh, no, I didn't mean to enter this part of town. Right? <laughs> right. You know, so we we kind of provide a safety net, right? When our emails are coming in, you know, they don't necessarily know that we're going to tell them about the solution. But if they go out trying to solve the solution, the answers that they find on Google and everything aren't going to be that great mm -hmm. and not going to be that trustworthy. And so you might have a few people that pull the trigger on, you know, some really low end product or whatever, trying to solve the problem. 
but it's probably not going to, I mean, we suggest the products that we do because we've tested those and those products are terrible and we've got a better solution. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so those are the things that I, I don't get too worried about people that, um, once they become problem aware, going out and finding the solution themselves, just because, um, a lot of the problems that we're solving are, they, they aren't huge problems, you know? Mm -hmm. People have bigger things to deal with in their everyday life. And so, yeah, there might be a few people that are like, oh, my goodness, this is a burning issue. Um, I need to fix this. <laughs> and you know? who knows, they, with with our, our uh, ability to bring in traffic, they might get to our websites anyways. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was actually receiving some e I thought this was so cool. I, I love giving. This is going to be a fun example to give for me. Um, but... I got some emails and it was, I could tell that they were totally doing problem agitate solution. They're like, huge problem has happened in the world of video marketing. And I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, YouTube doesn't let you autoplay movies or uh, videos anymore. And they're like, all of the major uh, video streaming sites are not letting you autoplay your videos anymore. And I'm like, that's terrible. Why is that a problem? <laughs> and they're like, because when you autoplay your videos on your sales letters, it increases your conversions by like a billion percent. I'm like, didn't know that because I don't autoplay videos <laughs> on sales letters. But um, so I knew that I knew where they were going. They're like, all right, this is a big problem. And then the next email is like, you know, how bad of a problem is this? And then their solution was this software that gives you like kind of this animated thumbnail in place of. You know, you can't play your videos automatically anymore, but you can have this little thumbnail thing jumping around and doing all and types of animations. A, your attention to it. Yeah. And so that's, that's like a very specific problem. And it was interesting to see that problem come across my table and, or my email. And, you know, it was, it was interesting kind of seeing, you know, the information, but at no point it was like, I like when they made me aware of the solution going, Oh no, we need to figure out what's the solution to this, right? It's such a specific problem that I don't think that there's probably another product out there solving it. And if there is, you know, it's probably, I, I would want to see reviews. I would want, you know, and you any, do research. And this is one of those things where you type in like you know, whatever the product name is review. And then you just find a bunch of affiliates saying, this is the greatest product ever. <laughs> so you know, you can't trust those reviews, right? you know, so it, it I don't think it'll be a big problem. Okay. So well, that's fine. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice just having these conversations because it kind of like, all right, you know what you're doing. I'm not going to question you about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I mean, it's, I'm st it's still a work in progress, right? I'm still learning all this stuff too. We, the, the thing about this online business stuff is you never stop being a student. Yeah. And once you have, that means that you probably should just hang up the gloves because you can't honestly stop learning this business. I know. I mean, we've been, we were marketers kind of, mm -hmm. but it's like, it doesn't feel like what anything we've been doing. It feels more like, like data analysis. Oh yeah. Like the work we've been doing for the last 10 years versus really marketing. And it's funny because this past week you've been like, I'm feeling more and more like I really know what I'm doing. Marketing. Like yeah. It's yeah. So like we've been so, we've been getting so much more into like the buyer psychology and you know, like worrying about what people are doing on the page, you know, like, like you said, the, our business the last 10 or 12 years has been data analysis. It's yeah, it's, it's masked as marketing, but it, it hasn't really been, it's yeah. looking at a lot of numbers. Yeah. And it's just getting, how do I get the most number of people on the page? And then the page doesn't even have to be that good. We tried, but I mean, we didn't really even have to worry about what people were doing on the page because 
we just needed to get the people to the page. The advertising took care of the revenue part and it was very passive. But now that we're, you know, working on like our own products and affiliate marketing, we do have to care a lot more. Yeah, we're the students again. And yeah. We're, we're like having to learn what like this real side of marketing is. Yeah, definitely. So the, this is the, the email side and I, and we'll continue having updates as you know, <laughs> I'm going to learn new things and figure out stuff that's working and stuff that's not working. And I'll share that with everyone on the podcast. So hopefully you enjoy this. Hopefully you enjoy listening. We're happy to have you. You uh, take care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of fearless together. Make sure you subscribe and learn more at fearless.fm. That's F-E-A-R-L-S-S dot F-M. To your continued success.